0: I love Christmas and I love the music of Christmas. My name is R. Dallas Green and I am the senior pastor here at Grace. It's my privilege and honor to speak to Jesus, speak of Jesus, the light of the world. I love light. I know you do too. I walk into dark rooms and say, This room needs some light. Let's pull back the curtains. Let's open the blinds. Let's turn on the light. Let there be light. When I read, I read a lot. I like to have the room well lit. I have a reading lamp right beside my favorite chair. And when I go to bed, I have a nightlight in the bedroom because I don't like to stumble over things in the dark. And if I'm walking in the night and our neighborhood has no lights, I'll say to my phone, Siri, turn on the flashlight. And uh, my little phone becomes a flashlight. Dentists use bright lights to peer into the darkness of our mouths. Doctors use lights to... Look at our throats. Think of how dark your refrigerator is until you open the door with a light. We have lights in this room, beautiful lights, lights in candles, and we have lights in our homes on the tree, and we have lights outside of our home on a wreath. I love lights. The church looks so beautiful this time of year with its lights because Jesus is the light of the world. In order to appreciate the light, though, you need to know something about darkness, The Bible often uses the metaphor of darkness to refer to troubles and evil, death and judgment, hidden things. A city street can either be well lit or in the dark. A person can either be walking in the light or in the dark. Nicodemus was a famous religious leader. He made a story from John 3. He came to Jesus in the darkness after the sun had gone down. Now, darkness there is used literally of the fact that it was nighttime, but also metaphorically that he was in the darkness. He was about to have a conversation with him who is the light when he himself was in the darkness. I personally, I don't know if this is true for you, but I don't like to be in the dark. I don't like to be uninformed or unaware or ignorant of something important. There's a darkness. They can get inside of us, however, that only the light can overcome. Jesus encountered a woman, and um, there was great darkness in her. And he said to her after this encounter, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will not walk in darkness. Jesus would encounter a blind man and give sight to the blind man who was living his life in darkness. We all know the the chaos that happened in Afghanistan, Kabul, after the country fell to the Taliban. With the Taliban growing more violent and adding checkpoints near the Kabul airport, a volunteer group of American um, veterans launched a final daring mission dubbed Pineapple Express. Moving after nightfall, In near-pitch blackness, darkness, these retired special forces personnel working with military and the U.S. Embassy moved individuals out one at a time in pairs, in groups. In the night, 660 Afghans were delivered out of darkness behind the wire. Dozens of high-risk individuals with children, orphans, pregnant women moved through the streets of Kabul to freedom and safety. Them that were in the darkness saw some light that night. And as much as I love light, the Bible speaks to the dark side of Christmas. Now, I'm not talking about Santa kissing or mama kissing Santa Claus under the mistletoe. The darkness was predicted by Isaiah about 700 years before Christ came. Isaiah was a prophet, and the word prophet means one who sees. A prophet could see things others couldn't see. Now, listen to his prophecy that you've heard from Isaiah chapter 9. Nevertheless, there will be no more gloom for those in distress. In the past, he humbled the lands of Zebulun and Naphtali. But the people walking in darkness have seen a great light. And those living in the shadow of death, a light has dawned. The darkness and despair will not go on forever. We are living now in a time of despair and darkness. COVID-19 and its variants have created a climate of darkness and despair. But this will not go on forever. We will overcome and we will conquer The long lines that people stand in to get tested will not last forever. The home tests that seem now unavailable will not last forever. The medical personnel that are exhausted and weary, this will not last forever. The apprehension we feel about the disease will not last forever. The times Isaiah lived in were dark. King Ahaz had introduced idolatry. The nation had slipped into darkness, and a deep darkness covered the land. So God was bringing judgment on the people, and they were distressed. If you like history, in 722 B.C., the Assyrians under Tiglath-Pileser. Please don't call your children Tiglath-Pileser. The king of Assyria conquered the northern Gentile region. They were carried away into captivity. They never fully recovered. The prophet saw that the people that were most hardest hit would be the people most blessed. On December the 10th at 1.30 a.m., an F-4 tornado packing 190 miles per hour winds slammed into the little town of Mayfield, Kentucky. 140 people working in a candle factory on the night shift and the building collapsed on them. One worker broadcasted on Facebook Live, y'all please send some help. We are trapped, and the walls have fallen on us. The people of Mayfield only had about 20 minutes warning, and one man, knowing that the storm was coming, knew his little trailer would not be able to survive the storm. So he ran for safety to the church. And of all places you are on Christmas Eve, you're in the church where there is light in the midst of a world that is so very dark, In the midst of all the chaos and death and destruction, he found light in the church. And he said, when I saw the devastation, the unbelievable happened in my town, I couldn't do anything but thank God because he had found the light. Now, Matthew quotes this passage I've read from Isaiah to describe the people living in darkness having seen a great light. Listen to Matthew chapter 4. Leaving Nazareth, he, Jesus, went to live in Capernaum, which was over by the lake in the area of Zebulun, Naphtali, to fulfill what was said through the prophet, the Isaiah. The people living in darkness have seen a great light. On those living in the land of the shadow of death, a light has dawned. You ask how profound was the darkness? Well, there was political darkness of the day. Rome had conquered the known world, they had something known as Pax Romana, but they had corrupt politicians skimming off the top, taking bribes, using intimidation. And there was economic darkness, Rome to build their infrastructure heavily taxed the people and the taxes just crushed the people and were so unfair. To become a Roman tax collector you had a quota and you could keep the rest for yourself. And there was moral darkness. The ancient world was morally corrupt. Women were expected to be pure and chaste and live in seclusion and practice purity, whereas the men could have wives to bear children and the women on the side. And there was spiritual darkness. For 400 years, there had been no prophet, no word of God, no prophetic voice. And then there was John. He was not the light, but he came as a witness to the light. He said there was darkness everywhere. In 1865, when the Civil War in America was over, there was a man named Philip Brooks, a preacher like me from Philadelphia who traveled the Holy Land at Christmas. And he he came to Jerusalem and he rode on horseback to the little town of Bethlehem. It was there that he went to worship at the Church of the Nativity, And I've been there with my wife, Debbie. I remember the awe I felt, the wonder I felt, to be in the very place where Jesus was born. Well, Brooks was deeply moved as well. He said, I remember standing in the old church in Bethlehem, close to the spot where Jesus was born, and the church, hour after hour, sang praises to God. Three years later, in 1868, Brooks wrote the little carol a little town of Bethlehem, for the little children in his church. And it's not hard to imagine the little children singing about the little town of Bethlehem that goes like this. I'm not going to sing. <laughs> o little town of Bethlehem, how still we see thee lie. Above the deep and dreamless sleep, the silent stars go by. Yet in thy dark streets shineth the everlasting light, the hopes and fears of all the years are met in thee tonight. Have you ever thought that when Jesus came into the world, there was an explosion of light? That night in Bethlehem was dark and the 300 or so residents were snug in their beds and the Bethlehem Inn was too full full to capacity with people coming to register for their taxes. So while they were sleeping in the dark, there was an explosion of light. And the shepherds were out in their fields watching their flocks by night. And the angels illumined the night sky. And they were celebrating the birth of a king. He said, we have good news to tell you of a great joy that will be for all people. For today in the city of David, a Savior has been born. He is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign to you. You'll find a little baby wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. He didn't stay a baby. He became the light of the world. And when he came to Jerusalem, he saw that blind man. It was said of Messiah that when he comes, he will open the eyes of the blind. And this man had never seen the green of grass. He'd never seen the bright yellow of the sun. He'd never seen the blue of the sky. He'd never seen the face of his mother. And the disciples looked at him, and there was darkness in them because they looked on the man with judgment. They said, who sinned, this man or his parents, him being born blind? Jesus said, neither. It wasn't either he nor his parents. This happened, the works of God would be demonstrated in his life. this work while his day, for the night is coming. And I am the light of the world. And then Jesus spat on the ground. I love the fact that Jesus spit, spitted, spat. He spat on the ground and he took some of the earth and he made it into a clay mortar and he applied it to the man's eyes. And the man who had never seen before now saw. He went down to the pool, he washed himself, and he was able to see You see, there's always a part of the miracle that we're part of and that God is part of. There's a part that only He can do, which is open our eyes, and there's a part of us coming down to the pool to be washed. This afternoon, we're in one of two categories. We have been healed of our spiritual blindness, or we are blinded by sin, not seeing our need for Jesus Christ. In 1864... During the American Civil War, the Confederate Army of General Robert E. Lee faced the Union Army of Ulysses S. Grant at a place called Petersburg, Virginia, which is only about 100 miles from here south. The war was three and a half years old, and the soldiers were tired of fighting. Late one winter evening, one of Lee's generals, George Pickett, received news that George Pickett's wife had given birth to a son. General Lee ordered his men to light bonfires up and down the Confederate ranks to celebrate the birth of Pickett's son. The fires, however, did not go unnoticed by the northern camp. Grant asked, hey, what's going on? Grant was told that General Pickett's wife had a son. Grant and Pickett were friends. They had gone to West Point together. Now there were opponents. General Grant ordered all men to start, his men to start bonfires to celebrate the birth of the son. On that night, no shots were fired, no cannonballs flew, no yelling back and forth. There was only light to celebrate the birth of a child. Now it didn't last. (laughs) The fires burned out that night. And the darkness took back over, and they were back at war the next day. But on that night, at the birth of a child, there was peace. It says in Scripture that when he brings forth his firstborn in the world, let all the angels of God worship him. This Jesus who was born on Christmas night is so worthy of our worship. We are the light of this world. We are to show forth our good works and let our light shine and glorify our Father in heaven that all men may see that we are his followers, that we have come to the light. We have stepped out of the darkness of this world and we've stepped into the light and now we're going to walk by the light he gives us because this light governs our life. It gives us guidance. C.S. Lewis said, I believe in Christ like I believe in the Son. Not only because I see it, because everything else can be seen by it. When that light begins to show in your life, you begin to see who God is, and we begin to see who we are, that we are simply His followers. Tonight, we've not come to curse the darkness, we've come to light a light. Because our God is light, and in Him there is no darkness at all. And if we walk in the light, as He is in the light, we have fellowship with one another. And the blood of Jesus cleanses us from all sin. So with that being said, let's go ahead and extinguish our lights. But Remember that God has put his light inside of us to shine. So you go on and shine. Enter some refreshments. Hope you can stay and enjoy some cookies with us as we uh, celebrate Christmas together. Thank you all for being here. And we wish you all a Merry Christmas.